It is Thanksgiving tomorrow. We're coming to the end of 2022 and business goals for all of us business owners are well and truly on our mind. For that, we have asked Sherry Ruskus, business coach, speaker, author, podcast host, mastermind group chairwoman, everything you need for 2023 to join us to talk about that. Sherry, welcome to The Achievers. Thanks, Dax. It's great to be here with you. I really want to jump straight into this idea of your uh, your podcast, Bright Shiny Objects, because I think it's uh, podcasting, as we are doing right here, has become such a phenomenal way for people to absorb great information. People should go check this out for 2023. Tell us about the show and why it's called Bright Shiny Objects. All right. I would love to. Well, the show, we are rebranding our current podcast, which is called the Business Victories Podcast. So we're rebranding in December. And um, I really last spring got into this whole idea of bright, shiny objects because I see it, hear about it, feel it myself as an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since my my 20s. And um, we are constantly going after the bright, shiny object. And when I started just diving into it, I found that, and it started because I was diagnosed, no surprise to me, with um, uh, inattentive ADHD back in the spring. And a, a fellow coach and I had had a conversation about it. And we're like, we should actually get a diagnosis, which we both turned out to have it. <laughs> and um, and many entrepreneurs do. So it's um, because it's what gets our sparks going. And and prior or contrary, should I say, to the idea that there's something wrong with you. It's just that you think differently. Your brain thinks in a different way. And so it gets hard to focus because you've got so many ideas. You know, here's the thing with entrepreneurs. We don't lack ideas. We have far too many. And so it's really getting focused in on what's most important. And I really wanted to bring onto the podcast, not only, uh, professionals that work in it but but you know money is a big issue sometimes with bright shiny objects right because we're not finishing something and we're starting something else and then all of a sudden the cash flow stops flowing and all those kinds of things so I'm bringing in a lot of different professionals to talk about it as well as sharing my many years of experience as a coach I've been coaching for over 20 years now and I and and I'm an entrepreneur I see it I feel it I feel the pain um when a bright shiny object just doesn't come to life and it's sitting there you know on your on your mind and and fear is a big factor sometimes when we have so much fear around bringing that to life which can even be the fear of success Mm. and you know sometimes when i say that to people they're like oh come on i want the success well you know as your show the achievers that um you know sometimes there's a lot that comes with that a lot of responsibility that comes with success so it's really figuring out where your fear is and why you're jumping over to something else every time you get close to bringing that bright shiny object to life god we could spend an hour just unpacking that um i'm nodding away here because i certainly recognize that as a terrible habit i used to have (laughs) um and uh, i think my business partners have certainly helped me correct that idea and stay focused and make sure something gets to profitability and revenue and onto a sound footing before even daring to move on to something else. The fear piece is interesting because I think a lot of what drives entrepreneurs is a mixture of either fear of not succeeding in this thing that they've built up in their mind that they are, 
and also although it sounds very similar i think is quite different the fear of uh the fear of failure and the fear of not succeeding right i think those two things are slightly different two big ones yep and i think it's there can be a tendency when entrepreneurship is hard which is nearly always hard to Mm -hmm. think oh i've just had this other idea Perhaps that is an easier path for me to make sure my fears don't realize themselves. Do you see the bright, shiny object syndrome happening a lot because of that? People think maybe I've picked too hard a path. Now it's time for my next idea. Well, it's, it's like when they get thick into the weeds, then it's because it's that newness of an idea when it's just off to the distance. And and I've got all these things to do before I get there. But when you're that close to it, all of a sudden it has a whole different feel of, oh my gosh, what if I do fail? Um, and without that though, for anybody who has failed, which I don't know about you, Dax, but I've yep. failed at time or two along the way, um, the lessons that get learned. I always say that um, and know it from my own personal experience. If I don't learn from that failure, then it was a huge failure. Otherwise, it's just the path. I mean, you're you're trying something new. You're figuring it out as you go. So, yeah. yeah. How much do you think of it as um, a false reality that is portrayed about entrepreneurship? Because we glorify entrepreneurs in common media. I mean, Elon Musk is a lazy example to give, but but why not? <laughs> you know, we, we sort of glorify that right up until he just managed to destroy Twitter in a week. Um, but I think it's portrayed as being glamorous, gives you great work-life balance. You've got all your time as your own. You make lots of money. And oh yeah. <laughs> then when you get into it, it is actually the difference between succeeding and failure is the grind. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I bought my first business when I was in my mid-20s. And uh, you know, that night before, you know, I was so excited. This was something I wanted to do. And the night before, I was like, I will never forget, you know, I was just sitting just cross-legged in my living room on the floor, just saying, oh my gosh, what have I done? And, you know, went on to run that business for 16 years and it was just pushing through because I had to, right? I signed the contract. I was committed. There was no turning back. And, And when you have an idea that you can turn back on, that's when the trouble or you don't put yourself fully into it, but it's hard. I mean, entrepreneurship is not, and you know, there's so many people who will define entrepreneurship in different ways. I've had many a debate along the way of what is an entrepreneur? Do you have to have employees? And I don't believe so. I mean, I work with a lot of heart-based women entrepreneurs who they may not have any employees. They have contract people or VAs that they work Mm -hmm. with, people that support them through, or they may not when they come to work with me as their coach, but I I encourage them to get other support. But you know, because a lot of times we'll try to do it all ourselves. And again, where bright, shiny object comes in because we're trying to do it all, in, mm. including being mothers and all the other things that we have going on in our lives. And uh, yeah, so. That business, that first business in your 20s that you ground out for 16 years, what, if you had to put a percentage on how much of that 16 years you really enjoyed doing that? <laughs> That's a great question. Um you know, I I think on a given year, uh, I probably 
that kept me in it. And there's sometimes, you know, I had a lease. There, there's certain commitments you had. I had employees at, at the time that I sold the business. I had 12 employees. I, you know, I never grew it to a huge grand scale, but to me, that was a, a grand scale. And, and that I was able to sell it for a nice profit. And um, at the end of the day, and that was like the huge, like, Ah, um, you know, at it, but I would, I would say probably I had to, to enjoy it at least 80% of the time, or I could have never kept going with it. And, you know, and keep in mind through that business, technology changed so mm. incredibly. I mean, the internet came to, when I started it, we didn't have cell phones. We are, we did, but they were, you know, big chunking things <laughs> and, um, uh, the internet wasn't there I had you know a very basic computer and I was in a technology-based business I, I it was a call center that I owned and um, so I had to grow with the technology as well so there was a lot there was a lot of bright shiny objects you got to the point where you sold it you felt relief what else did you feel did you feel did it take until the moment you sold it before you felt validated? Or did you feel validated a long time before I, the end I of that felt, 16 years? I felt validated a lot along the way. I really did. And especially from a leadership standpoint, I was very involved in the, in the, um, I was in Louisville, mm. uh, here in Colorado and the downtown district, I helped start the downtown business association. I did a lot of things within my community. So I felt, you know, all the way along, I felt, but here's the interesting factor is that I sold that business. I jumped right into a web development business right around the dot-com bubble bursting. And within two years, not even that, ended up filing bankruptcy uh, because, you know, everything collapsed around us. Yeah. And um, and that's when I really decided to become a business coach because I was like, holy moly, like I have felt all of it now. Um, I felt the highs, I felt the lowest of the lows. Yeah. And in my first book, I share about that, you know, about just how how hard it was, but I didn't die. I didn't die. You know, I didn't lose my family. Thank goodness. Um, I, you know, and it, it's really looking at the realities of how bad can it really be? What's the name of your first book? It's called The Victory Letters. The Victory Letters? Uh-huh. Inspiration for the Human Race. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that a lot of us end up in situations during that grind or that journey, depending on how each of us frames it with a need to hear from other people who've been through it and done it. So that's, totally. uh, that's really and, and, and the victory letters really came to life through that, mm. um, which is something that I send out every Monday morning. It's something I've been sending out for 22 years now. And I started sending them out because I was so, you know, I'd moved my business back home uh, and I was feeling so isolated and alone. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to reach out via email every Monday morning and reach out and touch people so that I don't lose this connection. And it has been one of the greatest gifts in my life really is being able to do that. It increased my muscle as a writer because every Monday morning I'm, I'm out there writing and I'm sending it out and I'm doing it and I'm, I'm connecting. And it, it really has brought me probably some of the greatest joy, financial rewards, maybe, maybe not, but that isn't why I do it. That's amazing. And can people sign up for that? Is it businessvictories.com? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And we'll put a link in for uh, for people here. So 
Let's think about them. It is Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, we are coming towards the end of the year. This idea that I talked about at the top of the show with goals, that is on most people's minds as entrepreneurs or certainly should be. I think a lot of people feel like they're good at making goals because they feel like it's an easy thing to do. You think of some goals, you write them down. How <laughs> yeah, should entrepreneurs really be thinking about 2023 and goal setting? I really have come to think of them as bright, shiny goals with this whole bright, shiny object. It's the bright, shiny goals. And it's like, what are the top goals or the top goal? Because, you know, that whole list of goals that we're going to do, especially when it comes to your business that I want to achieve in this year, whether it's a dollar amount, you know, you want to acquire new customers, whatever it is, but be being pretty specific about it. And, and then finding the way that's, we all know what makes us tick and we also know what stops us from ticking. And so it's, it's putting that support around us. It's one of the reasons that I believe, you know, I have a business coach because I need the support as well. I mean, I get just as, uh, I'll use the word loosey goosey sometimes <laughs> about it. Um, but so it's that support of having either a coach. One of the reasons that I started the Victory Circles, which is a mastermind group that I have been running since 2006, is because of the support of other women entrepreneurs to come into a group together and to really support each other and be allies for each other. You know, I say that you have, you're not really in the victory circles until you've cried at least once, but it's a place that you feel safe enough that you can cry and you can share your disappointments. It's not all about, Oh, you know, I'm great. And we, I see it a lot in the coaching industry. Um, Either coaches that are charging uh, an incredible amount of money, which I think is outrageous. Um, and, and taking more of, of a hard-earned entrepreneur's money than needs to be. Um, and the support, you know, and it's a group thing where you don't get the individual uh, attention that you need. And I think that, that a big group setting where you're not really heard, because it's great to say, here's, here's the template, here's the blueprint, go do it. It doesn't happen. Um, but it's like, well, I fell down. What do I do now? I fell down. What do I do now? So that's really how I look at it and and encourage people as you look at the plan. What more than just the goals, yeah. who's going to help you with these goals? Who is going to help you implement them and make sure that you stay on track? So that's interesting. I haven't I haven't heard people really emphasize that piece of it before. So certainly I I, I very much agree with the idea of you got to have one big hairy, audacious goal for the year, right. whatever that might be, and break it down however makes sense for the business. But that's a really interesting additional thought. Who's going to help you do it? How, how should somebody think about that? Well, it's looking around. It's looking around who you know or, or talking to other people that you know that have had assistance um, and, and really deciding what is it, where is it that my weak points are and being honest with yourself about it. One of the things that, um, excuse me for that. Uh, one of the things that I, I, you know, I've worked with some of my clients for years, basically because I've gotten to know them well. I know when they're, you know, telling me one thing but doing another thing, and and how to come around. So, I mean, I encourage everyone if you're not working with a business coach to work with a business coach, but not one that's costing you so much money that you're working just to pay the coach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, 
I do see that too often. And I echo that. I've had business coaches and it, it really can be transformative in sometimes because you just sometimes need somebody else who has enough experience or familiar types of experiences that helps you tease it out. It's almost business therapy, right? I think is another way for us to think of a business coach. It's so much about mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. running a business. Yeah, it's important. And that's, I think where a business coach comes in is to help you with the mindset piece, but then also, Hey, where your, you know, I's dotted T's crossed when it comes to your accounting, when it comes to every element of your business. And I do not claim to be an expert in accounting, but I know where to send them or what to recommend. Um, You know, don't be, commingling your personal money with your business money. I mean, there's some basics, but then have an accountant, have a bookkeeper, you know, doing those things that you need to do. And then also looking at all the other areas of your business, because, you know, business it's, it's a whole as a whole has to work healthy, not just one aspect. And we're all, you know, people in talking about the entrepreneurial piece of it, that we all come into a business for one reason. You know, when I bought my first business, I had been in customer service for years and I wanted to create this call center that the customer service was excellent. And that's what I brought to the business is that I was really good at it. However, didn't know anything else about running a business. And that's what happens with so many people is that aspect of it. There's a great expression of decide what you want to be the expert at. Right. Mm-hmm. And then hire all the other people to be that expert. Exactly. And, and that's probably a good way to think about what you're talking about here of, of who's going to help you. Because I don't know, with Hivecast, for instance, with podcast production, we don't need to be experts at accounting. Right. Right, right, right. And I mean, that's the nice thing about a mastermind group as well, is that, you know, you share in the mastermind, here's where I'm having some issues right now. And other members of the group who are also, again, like-minded mm-hmm. entrepreneurs can say, hey, I, I've got some suggestions for you. I've got some recommendations. We're not there to fix each other by any stretch of the imagination. And it's one of the things that I make very clear to begin with, because I run these as six-month programs. Um, but but it's we're there to assist each other however we can. Um, and again, giving those kind of recommendations. Hey, I've got a great CPA. You might want to check them out. Those and so the of- format of these mastermind groups, you do them for six months. How many people are in each one? There's 10. 10. 10. And do 10. you do it in person or is it all remote? You know, we used to do them in person, but of course, with with um, the pandemic, we went remote. And I really have started to enjoy. I, I mean, I, I love the hugging and the the mm-hmm. camaraderie of it in person, of course. But I think for all of us who are so busy, um, jumping on a Zoom call is a lot easier now. So net, right now, they're still on Zoom, and it also allows us to have participants and members in it uh, from all over. The country and even the globe. I mean, we had one of our uh, members last year came in from Italy, and um, so it allows that to happen too, which is you know it's it's fun and um, to to get their experience of someone in Italy conducting business. How is it different from how we do it? You know, again, that yeah. experience that's around us. That's a very important point. You know, prior to all of this, I spent a long time doing the Mad Men thing in the ad agency world. And, and one mm-hmm. of the the laziest but often most productive things you can do in that industry is introduce somebody like a Hilton to how some chain of hotels in a in another continent that they've never heard of that chain of hotels is doing their advertising because everything tends to happen the same way in the same community. And that's 
diversification gives you new ideas that probably never Absolutely. come across them. So they're six months, they're remote, 10 people in each one. How often do you meet and for how long? We meet as a group uh, once a month for two hours. Um, we have a community um, area on the on our website, the back end of the website, where people can send videos to each other, chat with each other. It's pretty robust, um, as well as there's a whole online program because every month we're going through different topics from, again, your goals and fine tuning your goals to uh, your self-confidence, money, energy, uh, a variety of things and leadership. We we jump into the leadership piece and marketing, et cetera. So they've got that to work on. And then they have two coaching sessions with me as well, because one of the things that I discovered when I first started doing masterminds, it's great and everything to have people coming in. But when people aren't doing the work in between, it makes for problems within the mastermind. And so what I have found with them having the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me in between, you know, I'm assuring that they're doing the work, they're getting their questions answered and taken care of. So I really have found that integrating that is super important um, in the whole mastermind process. That's really great. That's really great. Um, Sherry, this has been very eye-opening, very informative. Um, is there anything else we didn't uh, we didn't touch on you'd love the audience to know? Um, it's, you know, that whole idea of going after your dreams and it, it might sound cliche or whatever, but, um, I think that with the pandemic, we all got handed a whole new lease on life, a whole new direction and being able to really be in the moment more, um, and, and finding the tools, everything again, and things that I've developed over the years, like, you know, my morning momentum practice that I work with all my clients to make sure that they have, and those kind of things, because it's, it's not just about the dollars and cents of the business. It's, it's you being happy in the work that you do, reducing the stress, because that is so huge. And, and so often when I come to work with a new client, the biggest factor that I see is they are stressed to the max, whether it be over money, not having enough time for their family or vice versa, you know, that they, they don't have enough time for the business because they're taking care of their family. So it's really just finding the tools that you need to be happy. I, you know, it's, it seems simple, right. In saying mm -hmm. it, but we all know how complex that can be. And, and Absolutely. I just really encourage your listeners out there to find the tools to bring them happiness because it is totally possible. And if you're feeling stuck in whether it's a business that you can't figure out what to do, or you're stuck because you can't get to the business dream that you want to create, it's get the help. Don't try to do it all yourself. Um, you know, there's so much help out there to be able to, to help you along your way. Great advice. I think so many entrepreneurs make the mistake of starting a business that doesn't have early cash flow, which creates oh. them a lot of, of stress. And I also like to think of sort of happiness flow, right? There's oh, I love that. Yes. The idea of starting a business and then thinking, well, 12 months from now, I'll be making money. And 12 months from now, I won't want to pull my hair out. 12 months from now, this business will make me happy. It's entirely the wrong place. To start totally. a business from. And you know, I'll tell you, Dax, my very first that for very first business that I had, I was making money the day I signed the contract. I because I billed the clients in advance for the upcoming month and the money was already coming in before. So that whole thing of, you know, I'll, I'll make the money later. No, no, I don't convert. Yeah. 
No, I've been down the VC-backed path before on, on that sort of promise of we're going to build something big and complicated and, and the money will come later. And I, I have no real interest in, in going down that Stress, path again. Yeah, let's all let's all look at Elon Musk right now. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. $100 billion. He is worth less today than last night. Wow. Isn't that extraordinary? And it's I know it, at those levels, a lot of it is sort of play numbers, right? Right, right. People tend to think it's sort of, that's cash he's got, and obviously it's not far from, but still quite an astonishing metric. Um, businessvictories.com? Businessvictories.com. Wonderful. Sherry, thank you very much. Thank you. Great to be with you.